MSW Media. Hey there, it's Zev Shalev from the Narrative Podcast. We're getting ready to launch our new season on Wednesday, September the 8th. And I wanted to tell you a little bit more about the big story we have on our premiere. We've been investigating the events of Jan 6 since the day it happened. And every week since then, we've been adding pieces to that puzzle. Now we're getting ready to add the biggest piece of them all. The insurrectionists who stormed the Capitol on that day didn't only have the support of Donald Trump and his operatives, the GOP and Coke Industries, they also had the support of foreign intelligence operatives. We'll expose the operatives and pull the lid of the entire foreign intelligence operation. You won't believe who's involved and the scale of the operation. Join me on Wednesday, September the 8th, as we launch our new season of Narrative. It's now on three times a week, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch us live on Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn, or on demand as an audio or video podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, September 3rd. Today, the Texas abortion ban. Officers and paramedics indicted in the death of Elijah McClain. Anti-vax broadcasters get COVID. Then Allison has a extremely timely interview with Texas Democratic candidate for attorney general, Joe Jaworski. And we'll give you our to-do list so that you can make an impact because the best antidote for anger, and I've got a lot today, is action. That's right. Allison Gill and Dana Goldberg are still on vacation, but we're your guest hosts from Swing Left's How We Win podcast, Steve Pearson and Mariah Craven. Well, they had us back, Mariah. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) We're the anchor leg, though. So uh, good news. Allison and Dana will be back on Monday. I hope you guys had a hell of a vacation, Allison and Dana, because this has been quite the week to hand your podcast off to some guest hosts. Yeah, it's been fun though. And I just I just appreciate people listening and being positive and continuing the conversation on Twitter. It's always fun to like, be part of a community even when we can't see each other's faces. It's great. Yeah, no, we've had a blast doing it and we're grateful for the opportunity to talk to you all. And we want to get to the news. But first, before we do, just want to acknowledge Again, these storms are continuing to wreak havoc. Hurricane Ida is now created flooding in New York City. I'm sure everyone has seen the footage of the subways. It's really scary. At least 15 are dead. Hundreds of thousands are still without power in Louisiana. Wildfires are ravaging the West. So the terrible effects of climate change are still rearing their horrible heads. And we just want everyone to stay safe. If you're listening mm-hmm. to us from one of those places, then please, you're in our hearts and I, and I hope you're staying safe. That's right. Let's get to the hot notes. Hot notes. This Texas abortion ban is, is really weighing on me. It's been a couple of days. I'm still like waking up upset thinking about it. Yeah. Yesterday, Greg did such a great job of giving us a synopsis of of what this ban means, and also gave an overview of the 
trifecta of Republican assholes who lead Texas yeah. and are making it possible for a, like this huge tranche of very bad laws to go into effect this week. In addition to the abortion ban, there's, you know, person can carry a handgun either concealed or openly without a permit. Mm -hmm. They are limiting school discussions on race and racism. They are making voting much more difficult. They are requiring by law that that Texas professional sports teams play the Star Spangled Banner before every game. And why this is so ludicrous is, you know, these are all conservatives who really will tell us that they feel like, you know, government should be hands off. Right, exactly. On their things, but they want to control what we listen to, what we talk about, what we do with our bodies. And it's incredibly frustrating. This abortion ban really stands out for its awfulness, for its punitiveness, but in, most importantly for the crafty way that it was written, which doesn't allow government officials to enforce the ban, but enables average citizens to sue other average citizens who may have in some way helped a, a woman obtain an abortion. And because of the way it was written, this U.S. Supreme Court refused to block it, right. even though, you know, I, I got my, my law degree on Twitter, but even I know <laughs> that it's not constitutional. And that you can't go around suing random people for things that don't have any impact on your life. But why should we all care about this? This is a sign of things to come. And I know, you know, when the, this new, when the law first went into effect, everyone was saying, you know, I, I don't understand how any woman could live in Texas. We're here. You live in Texas. I do live in Texas. I'm not going anywhere. But, you know, they're coming for my rights today. They're coming for your rights this fall. Right. This is laying the groundwork for some very big things that are happening. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. It, it's a reminder that the Supreme Court is is the thing that galvanizes and motivates Republican voters more than anything else. It's what put Donald Trump in office. Right. These fundamentalist Christians who know that the Holy Bible is not Donald Trump's actual favorite book. They also know that he doesn't actually read books. But if he did read a book, it would certainly not be the Bible, as he said when he was running. They know this, but they also know that he promised that he would appoint judges to the Supreme Court that were going to get rid of Roe v. Wade. And that is what we are watching unfold mm -hmm. right now as a consequence to his presidency and his ability oh, yeah. to appoint those judges. And I wish... I wish that Democrats could be equally motivated by the existential threat that a conservative Supreme Court brings upon our country. And I've seen it in fits and starts, but I haven't seen that consistent drumbeat for the power of the Supreme Court. And that needs to stop. That needs to happen right now. We need to really put pressure on the courts. We need to, again, let's, we need to abolish the filibuster. We need to expand the courts. There are things we can do that are bold, decisive actions that we can do while we're still in power. The Republicans are the minority. The Democrats are the majority. They are in power. So we need to be bold in our actions right now. And, and how do we support lawmakers? Because lawmakers don't like to be bold. They don't like to go out on a limb, right? Mm -hmm. The only way that they are willing to take bold, decisive action is if public sentiment is behind them. Mm -hmm. So that is us. That is the listeners of this podcast and everybody needs to make their voices heard. And the public sentiment needs to be for, 
like uh, the right to abortion is uh, wildly popular mm-hmm. with you right. know, the majority of Americans. But, you know, we need to make sure that these Democratic lawmakers have the courage of their convictions to make this change because we're heading for very, very dark times. Like I said, it is a dark time to be guest hosting the Daily Beans podcast right now. Well said, Steve. And, and one thing that we always do on the How We Win podcast that we're bringing to the Daily Beans is we talk about the things that, that piss us off because <laughs> um, we know how important that, that emotion is to taking action. But we also talk about things that give us hope and, and what we can do about all of this. And so what's giving me hope in all of this right now is that uh, former congressman and presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke here in Texas has launched a new voter registration tool to combat how difficult the Republicans are making it to vote here. So you can use the app and tell the app that you want to register to vote and they will send someone to your home. Wow. Of course, here in Texas, yeah, you, you, just, you, you can't just randomly register to vote. Somebody who's been trained in registering you to vote has to, has to help you do it. Yeah. They have to be certified too. You can't just get training, right. but you have to, you be, have to certified. be certified. Right. Yeah. So they have a thousand certified volunteers who are ready to drive to people's homes and get them registered to vote. And Beto says, you can't out-register voter suppression, but every little bit helps. That's right. I love that. I love that he's doing that. No surprise. Beto O'Rourke has been such a passionate leader in the face of a lot of blocks. He's moving forward. That's what all of us are going to do. If these asshole, I I always want to say Craven, Mariah, I'm sorry. And then I stop myself (laughs) because I don't know what to say because that's your last name. But uh, I'll just stick with asshole Republican GOP legislatures who, if they think that this is the end, this is the beginning. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how many blocks they put to people showing up at the polls. We are going to show up at the polls. We are going to galvanize all the voters. If we have to stand in seven hour lines again, that's what we're going to do. If we have to, as uh, Ted Lou said on our podcast, fly out there and hand out water to mm-hmm. and food to volunteers, even though that may be restricted, we're going to do that anyway. We're going to support these voters and, and we'll see them at the ballot box. This is not over. This is the beginning. We're going to fight back. And speaking of fighting back and places where you can make an impact, we're going to talk about this in our to do list. But we have an election coming up in Virginia right now, Mm -hmm. and it bears mentioning that Virginia is doing the exact opposite of what Texas is doing. Virginia is protecting people's rights. They're making it easy for people to vote. They are actually clamping down on this loophole they had that created a lot of gun trafficking along the eastern seaboard. All of the things that Texas is doing Virginia is now the antithesis of Mm -hmm. because we have that trifecta. So it's really, really important that we invest in these local races. Virginia is coming up in November and we have opportunities to make sure that we hold on to that trifecta and keep that good work going. We need to invest in our local legislatures. And also, I'm giving the full on to-do list, bitch. I'll just say this is your to-do list. (laughs) It's also a great bellwether for the midterms, but it's important that when we see horrible things done by Republican-led states. We need to fight back there and we need to hold on to our majorities in the states that we we do have the majority in. Absolutely. Other hot notes, I just wanted to to quickly talk about Elijah McLean and what's happening in Colorado. Three police officers and two paramedics have been indicted in the 2019 death of Elijah McLean. He was a 23-year-old Black man who was stopped by police while walking in Aurora, Colorado. He was placed in a chokehold and then injected with a sedative. A city review found no evidence to 
justify Officer stopping McLean. He was wearing a ski mask at the time because he had anemia and he was cold. He often wore a ski mask. And I just wanted to close this topic by sharing a reminder of Elijah's final words before he was given a lethal dose of ketamine. I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. My name is Elijah McLean. That's my house. I was just going home. I'm an introvert. I'm just different. That's all. I'm so sorry. I have no gun. I don't do that stuff. I don't do any fighting. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. I don't eat meat, but I don't judge people. I don't judge people who do eat meat. Forgive me. All I was trying to do was become better. I will do it. I will do anything. Sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You all are phenomenal. You're beautiful and I love you. Try to forgive me. I'm a mood Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow, that really hurt. You all are very, very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that. I just can't breathe correctly. Uh, those were Elijah's last words. And um, police and paramedics felt it was still necessary to sedate him. And he went into a coma and, and never woke up. And I really hope that, that the justice system gets this one right. Thank you for sharing his last words again with us. And I hope so too. It's giving me a little hope to see some accountability, some police accountability. We have a long, long way to go and we need to keep highlighting these stories. Again, it's, it's all about the public. It's all about you and, and your voices to make sure that justice is served. That's right. So moving on, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. And by lightening up, I'm talking about a number of people who have died from COVID because that's the week that we're having. <laughs> um, <God>. So <laughs> it's, it's dark, but I want to talk about podcast host and purveyor of misinformation, Joe Rogan, who has announced that he has COVID. He says that he took a ton of drugs to combat it, including the monoclonal antibody treatment that Donald Trump received, antibiotics and a steroid. Also, ivermectin, which, as we know, is a dewormer for horses that some anti-vaxxers have been pushing. These are people who don't want the vaccine made for people, but are willing to take something made for horses to get rid of worms. And just to be clear, this did not and will not help Rogan recover in any way. I mention this because this comes in the wake of four other conservative radio talk show hosts who have been bashing coronavirus vaccines who also got sick and have passed away. Now, just to be 100% clear for everyone, I, of course, don't want anyone, anyone to get sick and die from the coronavirus or from anything else. And the, I don't need to point out the irony because it's built into this story, mm. but it's just still shocking to me that someone like Joe Rogan, who has an enormous reach. Like enormous. Like enormous, enormous. Like his podcast, his like last three podcasts or like the one, two, three podcasts every week, you know, mm -hmm. the reach he has could be spreading this much information. And the, and the reason I bring it up on this show is because I really appreciate what Allison has been doing with MSW Media. And also bringing some guests to host her show and introduce us to you, her audience, because we are losing this battle for information in alternative media sources, on podcasts, on alternative uh, shows, on the internet. It is overwhelmed by right-wing talking heads who are spreading this kind of misinformation and literally killing people, people taking horse dewormer. I mean, you can't make this shit up, but it's true. This is what's happening. 
And the way that we combat that, at least in the alternative media space, Mm -hmm. is by flooding that with more voices that are talking about facts and truth and giving people good information. And the way that the algorithm works is the more that people hear that, they're fed something else. They're fed more of that. So that so anyway, the, my but my overreaching point is uh, thank you to Allison for for putting together MSW Media mm-hmm. for highlighting other voices. I encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast to listen to other podcasts, to subscribe to other progressive voices, and lift them up too, because this is how we fight back against all this bad information that's literally killing people. That's a, a really smart a- approach to, you know, changing the algorithm, you know, showing that people are more interested in the truth <laughs> right. than the, the fake news that just confirms their, their greatest fears and takes advantage of them. Yeah, it's my little diatribe. That's what, I, that's what we try to do on this show. So <laughs> <laughs> on our show, I should say. Also on our show, we have a hero of the week. Because we're here twice, we get to have, we get to have so many heroes this week. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we're highlighting a lot of heroes. It's usually a specific person that we highlight. But for this show, I just wanted to highlight abortion rights activists, everyone who has been fighting for, for health care, mm-hmm. for, um, for women's health care specifically, and for a, a woman's right to choose and, and have access to abortions. This is a really tough moment. And I know that they're not going to back down because the activists who I know who organize regularly in this space are passionate and fierce and we're not going to stop. But I just wanted to acknowledge them today because this is, you know, a huge blow and, and we have a lot more work to do. Absolutely. Their, their work is, is as important as ever. We're really grateful to them. We also want to include a little How We Win feature in, in the Daily Beans podcast our to-do list. You talked a little bit about some, some action items earlier. So we're going to go into details. The, the, the big one right now, the most urgent one at the moment is California voters, people with friends in California, get the word out. We got to vote no on the Republican effort to recall Gavin Newsom, the governor there. That's right. Thanks again to Greg yesterday for talking mm-hmm. about that on, on the show. And we're going to have a link to get involved in the show notes once again where you can make calls to voters. So vote no and go call all the people that you know, all of your friends, and then call some strangers and and (laughs) sign up for one of these phone banks and make sure that we push back against the bullshit Republican recall. The other thing that we want to invite you to do is get involved with some great things that Swing Left has to offer. Big one is the Virginia election that's coming up, making sure that we hold the majority there. We have so many volunteer opportunities. You can always subscribe to the How We Win podcast. We'll talk about them, keep you up to date. But you can also go to swingleft.org and find so many ways to get involved, as well as older episodes of of our very intriguing podcast. (laughs) It is intriguing. Intriguing. Good teaser. Yes. Please sign up. Let's get involved in Virginia, everybody, and and help out. So we'll be right back with Allison talking with Texas Democrat candidate for Attorney General Joe Jaworski. That is going to be a really timely and important interview. And then after that interview, Mariah and I will be back to deliver your good news and our reasons for hope and some other stuff. So please do stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Allison for the Daily Beans. And breakfast is considered one of the most important meals of the day. A high-protein breakfast can boost your metabolism for the entire rest of the day. And Magic Spoon Cereal is my choice for the healthy, high-protein breakfast that tastes great. It's also a good midnight snack or, you know, in the afternoons or when you want to have a big bowl of cereal for dinner. You can have it anytime, but it does boost your metabolism in the morning. And it does it without all the fat, sugar, salt, and chemicals. Magic Spoon is my favorite thing. It has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And it's only got 140 calories, too. It is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can build your own box or get a variety pack with available flavors cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. And Magic Spoon, for a limited time, is bringing back two super popular flavors that completely sold out last time, cookies and cream and maple waffle. With these flavors, when they were first introduced, like I said, they sold out so fast. So make sure you get these now. They're delicious. I love the great new flavors. And combining the old flavors is good, too. I like to mix cocoa and peanut butter all the time. Tastes like a peanut butter cup. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and grab your delicious cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code dailybeans, all one word, at checkout to save $5 off. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund all your money with no questions asked. So there's no risk here. You have to try this amazingly delicious good-for-you cereal. You can get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans. And then use code dailybeans, all one word, to save $5 off. And thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the episode. Today's show is also brought to you by my favorite sheets in the world. Yes, that's right. Bowl and branch sheets. Small acts of kindness and unexpected compliments. It's, although seemingly insignificant, can make a lasting impression. Small details. That is the thing. That's the key, right? And that is what husband and wife founder of Bowl and Branch had in mind when they started Bowl and Branch. They wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details, the little things that would make their products last. And you feel the difference. They have these beautifully crafted signature sheets. I love mine. I have them in four colors. Bowl and Branch sheets, they're my favorite. They're so buttery soft. They're luxurious. They get softer with each wash. They have an incredible drape, this silken texture I adore. It's cloud weight, super soft sateen weave, gets softer and softer as time goes on. And they have the perfect balance of weight and breathability. I sleep hot, so they keep me cool. But if you're a cold sleeper, they'll keep you warm. And they do this all year round through all the seasons. It's magic. It's magical. So get luxury quality at the fairest price. By eliminating the middleman, you get your bowl and branch sheets directly. They stand behind their products and honor a 30-night worry-free guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied at any time, you just let them know. They have the amazing customer service. To experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L, bowlandbranch.com, and get 15% off your first set of sheets with the promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, and promo code DAILYBEANS. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am honored today to be speaking to the candidate, Democratic candidate for Texas Attorney General running to unseat Ken Paxton and uh, also third generation Texas trial attorney and grandson of Leon Jaworski from Watergate fame. Please welcome Joe Jaworski. Hello. Hello, Allison. Thank you so much. It's great to be on this show. I am so excited. I'm fangirling a little bit because of the Jaworski connection. I, I have to say, you know, I hosted a, a podcast called Muller She Wrote for many moons and we talked a lot about the House Democrats trying to get the underlying Mueller grand jury materials and how uh, I didn't want anyone to get too excited about that because we didn't get the Jaworski report until a few years ago. So we talked a lot about Jaworski and Watergate and the parallels there. But what you're doing is absolutely wonderful and incredible. You are running to unseat the indicted, the criminally indicted Ken Paxton for attorney general of Texas. And I want you to tell us a little bit about what prompted you to, to run for this spot. Allison, it would be my pleasure. So 
you know, it, it all starts with becoming a lawyer, uh, being a Jaworski, sort of growing up very close to my grandfather. And, and he was just a great family man and a real cut up, you know, when it was private time. But as you referenced in the Muller, she wrote era, uh, you studied the roadmap and you studied his sort of sober demeanor, uh, his adhesion to the Constitution rather than, you know, trying to get on Rachel uh, or you know, Maria Bartiromo just to be there, although I love Rachel. Um, and, and, and so I grew up with that sort of lawyerly maturity. Secondly, I've, I've served before, you know, so this isn't my first rodeo, but it's always been on a local level, city council, mayor of Galveston. Uh, and then finally, uh, as an attorney and a voter and a parent, I have watched with growing horror uh, the four years that Trump was president. So to answer your question, last summer, and this was after, you know, a daily uh, watching, I couldn't not watch, honestly. I wanted to see how bad it was, you know, those COVID briefings that Trump would do. And then as, you know, the summer matured, he became obviously much more um, uh, sketchy on the question of voting, saying, well, if I lose, it will be because of voter fraud. And I just looked at my wife, who I've been happily married to for 30 years, and said, this is really bad. And she looked at me sympathetically and said, okay, the kids are older. It's okay if you run again. Well, the green light went off and I said, thank you. And just literally did not hesitate. And I started thinking about what office to run for. And I'll spare you the details, but I basically thought, what would Leon do if he were running? And attorney general of the state of Texas would probably be the office he'd pick. And it just made sense. I thought, you know, we, the Democrats, we're like Hertz. We have to try harder. Um, and I thought that if there is any substantive connection to any office, it's got to be that one. Secondly, I don't want to run in a gerrymandered race, which I had done before and lost running for state Senate in 2008. So attorney general of the state of Texas, it is. And I am proud to say I am looking, seeking, fighting for Texas. Well, I think this is the perfect spot for you. And I can I feel like this is in your DNA. Right. And, you know, when we talk about what's been going on with the the current attorney general in Texas, I just have this full-on parallel feeling about how Bill Barr corrupted our United States Department of Justice. I feel like Ken Paxton has done the same to the to the honorable position of attorney general in Texas. It's just completely thrashed it and and sort of wrecked Texans' faith in what an attorney general is supposed to do. What are some steps that you might take to try to correct that and earn the faith of Texans back in the rule of law. Absolutely. Uh, so it is a statewide constitutional executive position. Uh, you are not the governor's lawyer. You are not the legislator's lawyer. You're the people's lawyer. So act like the people's lawyer. And that would include, you know, not being indicted, <laughs> uh, not being, yeah, that would include not being embattled. Uh, that would include not being Donald Trump's lawyer. And, and frankly, it would include not being overly partisan and looking for opportunities to pursue your core mission, which is consumer protection uh, and constitutional law for the benefit of the state of Texas and the people within it. I mean, Allison, for example, um, wouldn't it be refreshing to have a attorney general who's on the side of the voters rather than on the side of voter suppression. So Ken Paxton has a voter fraud unit, and I object to the term. I mean, he's calling us, the voters, frauds. Um, and it, you know, if there's an election fraud 
well, yeah, let, let that candidate who tries to game the system be prosecuted. Um, and, and we have laws and enforcement mechanisms, just like we do on the freeway when people speed. But what the government doesn't do in that situation is shut the freeway down to one lane and tell everyone you got to go 20 miles an hour. That's what they're doing to our vote. And so my pledge to people as the people's lawyer is I will take Ken Paxton's voter fraud division and turn it into General Jaworski's voter access division. Because you ought to be able to call the government when someone steps on your voting and civil rights. Yeah, that's absolutely so crucial right now. And, and, and I have to say, I, I 100 percent support the Texas House Democrats heading to D.C. to fight for voter voting rights in your state. What are some of the roles, aside from, you know, abandoning this voter fraud selection where you just put all the Texans in the default fraud category, move it out of that and, and make voter access? What are some of the things an attorney general, a state attorney general can do to help protect voting rights, aside from what we're trying to do in Washington? Absolutely. Uh, so one would be to um, remind all high school principals, you're going to love this, Texas, the the land of voter suppression, actually, if you look for it like an Easter egg hunt, have some nuggets uh, that, that enhance voting. One is 1985 law that requires every high school principal, public, private, charter school, doesn't matter, to offer registration to the senior class twice a year. Allison, I'd say maybe we're hitting 40% of the schools that do that. It is egregious that the attorney general doesn't take that, I'm not going to call it fraud, but that voter error up. A, a simple letter doesn't even have to be a demand letter, just a pleasant letter on attorney general letterhead reminding every principal, don't you break the law this year? <laughs> and let's get those 18-year-olders who, who really do show great zeal when they're 16 and it's time to drive. I want that same zeal when it's 18 and time to vote. Of course, in Republican Texas, the reason that isn't promoted as it should be is because the youngins typically are going to vote uh, for a Democrat. Mm. I'm just going to say it. And so that's, that's not for us to judge. We are simply, you know, we're not going to prejudge who they're going to vote for. We're just going to follow the law. So the attorney general specifically should be sending a letter every year reminding the principals, don't screw this up. Uh, another thing would be to have a voter um, protection hotline. I mean, thank God for MALDEF and NAACP and LULAC and, and the like. But you want to be able to call the government, Allison, when you get in line at 6.45 p.m., but they shut the doors at 8 before reaching you. You ought to be able to call the government if you sign your name as you do on the application to vote by mail. And then you sign your name as you do on your actual ballot. But some busybody compares them and says, well, I don't think this matches. You know, there needs to be governments handling that, not private nonprofits. Right. The goal is, is regardless of party, we want everyone to have access to the ballot. Yes. Republicans do. But, you know. Yeah. But Republicans know that the, when more people vote, they tend to lose. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and, and my version of that is we don't pick winners and losers in government. We just give we, we give society a fair shot to mature whichever way it goes. Yeah, 100 percent. I have a couple more questions about your platform. I want to dig into that a little bit, especially around cannabis. But I do need to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Yes. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Allison with The Daily Beans, and this song of the show is brought to you by Upstart. 
being in debt is the worst feeling. And lots of us have been living off our credit cards and the interest rates are high. You miss a payment, the interest rates get higher. Then you start making the minimum payments and the balance doesn't change. And you're just stuck in this awful cycle of just forking over your money for nothing. But thankfully, Upstart can get you out of the money pit and get you on the right track. It's, a, it's an online personal loan service that helps you pay off your debt quickly. Over half a million people have used Upstart to consolidate debt and pay off credit cards or fund personal expenses with simple fixed rates and payments. Other lenders just look at your credit score, but Upstart looks at income and employment history as well, which means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. So think about it. If you've got a 26.9% credit card debt and you can go and check Upstart, you can get a lower rate. Take the lower rate, pay off that high interest rate thing, start making payments and eating away at that principal balance and then you'll be out of debt. You get this five-minute online rate check. You can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And upon approval, your funds can be available as quick as one business day. Yeah, I know lots of people got into debt over this last year living off credit cards, myself included. So you can fix that by going to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. Please use our URL. Let them know we sent you. Our loan amounts and your loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and other certain information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash dailybeans now. Today's show, I'm really excited about this. We have a new sponsor. They're called Proton, and it is business in a box. And I know I have so many listeners. We have so many listeners here at the Daily Beans and Muller She Wrote and the MSW Book Club that are creators and makers. You guys send me stuff all the time, and I love it. And this is a way to get more eyes on your products. It's business in a box. Let me tell you about it. And I have a free offer, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But let me tell you about Proton first. It's like LinkedIn on steroids. You download the app for free. You create your presence in fewer than five minutes. So let's say uh, you have an Etsy store where you sell handmade jewelry, but you also have a website where you sell your jewelry and you also sell your jewelry on Amazon.com. This is a- another platform for you to do that, but you can get everything done here in one place. It's not just a way, it's not, it's like, okay, so here we go. You can attract new clients, right? Through engaging videos. You can connect your calendar for hassle-free scheduling. Proton will manage your payments for you for everything, and they provide detailed reports that allow you to understand your customers, where things are getting purchased and analyze the numbers and the inventory and the data. And, you know, that's amazing. It's all in one place in the app. It's an app-based thing. And it, and they provide those those detailed reports are the best, right? Because then you you learn so much from it. So here's that free offer I was telling you about. You can You can try Proton for free. Just visit the website, proton.com slash daily beans. Proton has two N's. Okay, so proton, P-R-O-T-O-N-N.com slash daily beans. And that is where you can download the app for free in seconds and set up your profile in just minutes with no obligation. I really want you to check it out. I think you will love it. That's proton.com slash daily beans. And remember, Proton has two N's, P-R-O-T-O-N-N.com slash daily beans. You will be glad you checked it out. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are talking with candidate for Texas Attorney General trying to unseat Ken Paxton in 2022, Joe Jaworski. Joe, before the break, we were talking a little bit about voting rights, voter access and stuff like that. And I had mentioned I wanted to talk to you about your platform and some of the things that you are going to be advocating for as attorney general. And the first thing here on the list that I see is to legalize adult use cannabis in Texas. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that's your stance and how it's different from what's going on in Texas now. Yes, Allison. So the Texas Attorney General can't pass a law or sign an executive order, um, but you are, as I said before, a constitutional statewide executive. And so as a candidate for that seat, I ought to be a thought leader on issues of importance. 
um, back in the 1970s, uh, Attorney General candidate John Hill, who served with great distinction for eight years, when he was a candidate, promoted the notion of an independent lawsuit that individuals should have to sue for fraud. Well, believe it or not, there wasn't something on the books where you could get attorney's fees if you wanted to sue someone for defrauding you. Well, he got elected and he said it must have been something I said. And he was the first witness when the legislature reconvened and voila, the Deceptive Trade Practices Act was passed. So I ask myself, what is something these days that has a toehold with you know, social justice, criminal justice, finance? And it came to me. Texas should legalize adult use, recreational purpose, cannabis. And here's why. Um, number one, if we legalize it and tax it at the moderate Colorado rate, it generates $1.1 billion every two years, every biennium, because that's when our legislature meets. It's a part-time legislature, if you can believe that. Interestingly enough, that is the exact same amount of money that the AG's budget is every two years but it's a coincidence. Number two, 30,000 direct jobs. And I'm not talking about the temporary construction jobs. I'm talking about ongoing industry jobs. Number two, uh, as a veteran, uh, uh, you know, uh, as a military contractor, whoever they may be that have acute chronic pain uh, or PTSD, this is a wellness alternative, a palliative, better than pills. Finally, Texas can fight a winning war against addiction. But ultimately, here's the main reason. How long, Allison, I ask, are we going to avoid the long overdue social and criminal justice inherent in legalizing cannabis? Absolutely, Texas, it's time because we put young adults, more often than not, young adults of color in private prisons so someone can make a profit off their incarceration for simply possessing a flower that grows out of the ground. Here's the best part, though. If we remove this wasteful and petty prosecution from the books, we will actually fund the police. Yes, that's right. As a former mayor and council member, I funded the police. When we had bad cops, we got rid of them. But this is a great way to fund the police because we will save $300 million a year so prosecutors and policemen can fight real crime, gun crime, cartel crime, domestic abuse, violent crime, the people that breached the Capitol, put them in jail, and let these folks out who's done nothing more than possess a flower that grows out of the ground, release them. It's also a voting access issue, isn't it? Well, that's right. Uh, because, you know, the moment you get a felony on, uh, or, you know, some, you know, deal where you have probation, you can't vote. You're absolutely right. Thank you for making that connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think about that all the time. I think about the demonization, criminalization of cannabis and how it impacts access to the polls. Let's go back to your platform here. Consumer protection is very big for you. And I want to sort of talk about consumer protection and then roll that into healthcare because they are connected. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll go right to that because you just read my mind. You know, you talk about how would you be different than, uh, you know, Ken Paxton and how can we, you know, perhaps you meant as well, how do you, you know, regenerate confidence in government? I mean, when you're an elected statewide office holder, you've got to look for a way to bring people together rather than to find winners and losers. You know, that's just, that's just a downward spiral descent. So perfect job. Attorney General has the, the book on consumer protection. What is something that I could pursue? Oh, I think I just thought of it. It is, let's foster the doctor-patient relationship. Let's 
let Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, whoever you may be, all of you need health care, health insurance. So two things. One, we ought to support the Affordable Care Act, period, end of story. And what that means is Texas finally should quit playing games with, you know, the question of freedom and independence. The government tries to give us our income tax dollars back every year to the tune, Allison, of $5.6 billion for Medicaid. That's a lot of insurance for men, women, and children. And Governor Abbott and Dan Patrick and their consigliere, Mr. Paxton, keep saying, no, you can keep it, give it to New York and California. And it's just insane. So rural hospitals are dying on the vine and they need that money, as do some urban hospitals. Otherwise, you know who pays for it? Mm-hmm. Property owners, because the counties, all 254 of them, are who are in charge under the Texas Constitution and statutes for public health. All right. So I feel like I've got a winning talking point, whether I'm in Republican McKinney, Texas, or rural Houston, Texas, where I say, hey, property owners, they're trying to send our income tax dollars back to fund public health. If, if you keep supporting Abbott's, you know, stiff arming them, well, you know, it's going to come out of your property tax bill. So let's all be selfish here and help some people. The second thing is, Allison, I think there needs to be an attorney general who's on the side of the insureds. And let's find out what the profits that these health insurance companies are going to when they tell doctors, hey, doc, yeah, I know you went to medical school all those years and uh, you think this uh, CT scan is necessary for your patient's health, but we're going to exercise our prior authorization rights as the insurance company for your patient. And uh, the answer is no. Now, doctors, this is the bane of their existence. I think the Texas attorney general should get with the health insurance companies, send them some civil investigative demands and find out what's going on with that. I think that would be a great way to help Republicans, Democrats, and everybody else. Yeah, agree, especially with this major increase in palliative care we're going to be seeing coming up in the next decade or so. We really need to set ourselves up for success to be able to handle that with all the retirement that's going to be going to be happening with the boomers here. It's already starting and it's going to be ramping up. It's not going to go away. And finally, before I let you go, I want to talk a little bit about some other things going on in Texas, specifically with environmental considerations, your power grid. And we hear that they want to take this money and build a wall, but they're not investing in their own infrastructure. Is there any role that the attorney general's office can play in in helping solve these problems for Texans? Because I'm seeing the the great freeze, the huge heat waves. It's it's getting out of control. Sure. Allison, you know, certainly the attorney general sues and defends lawsuits and sends investigative demands and things like that. Um, but generally, you're the general counsel, if you will, of a large entity called the state of Texas. So it would have been a good general counsel policy to remind the legislature that in 2011, the last time we had one of these, you know, nearly catastrophic cold snaps where the, the power grid almost failed, and it did happen in 2011, there was a 400 page Federal Energy Regulatory Commission report that sort of warned Texas, look, if you insist on having this separate grid, at least make modernization and winterization a priority. And, and you know, it, it sat on the shelf for a decade until it happened again. So 
I would say, number one, the attorney general ought to have some sort of, you know, nosy oversight over what the leading issues of the day are. Um, and, and again, you can't pass laws on your own, but you're the lawyer for the state. So you should have a say, just like a general counsel would in a well-run corporation. The second thing is now that the catastrophe has occurred and deaths and property insurance on a just horrific, like multi-billion dollar scale because people's pipes burst and their homes are uninhabitable. And insurance companies are saying, well, you know, that may be an act of God. I don't know that we're going to cover that one. So people are literally like at wit's end. The attorney general needs to be involved in that as a consumer protection issue. Number one, against the property insurers who are playing fast and loose with their duty to cover these losses. And secondly, the attorney general should be on the side of the rate payers and homeowners when it comes to these lawsuits and these questions. For example, um, Mr. Paxton has already ruled that ERCOT, the uh, Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which is you know what we choose to have so that we can have independence and freedom from Washington. You know, it's just like the Medicaid question. It's it's really a mantra more than anything. Um, Mr. Paxton has ruled that ERCOT has sovereign immunity from lawsuit, um, and he didn't have to do that, but he did, and uh, we're asking him to reconsider it. So the AG always should look for an opportunity to be on the side of the people and you know, let people make profit, let corporations and large entities make their profits, but play fair in this state. And we have not had that mentality in three decades. Yeah, and it, just looking at the price gouging that's happening, because that's where my mind went, was consumer protection. $10,000 electric bills, uh, et cetera, because, you know, just and, and who's looking out for them? It's not it's not Ken Paxton. So I think that it's very important for for an attorney general to 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 represent the people. Like you said, you're the people's lawyer. You're not the governor's lawyer. You're not the legislature's lawyer, you're lawyer for the people. So this is absolutely amazing. I love this campaign. I love that you're running. And I was hoping you could tell listeners where they can find and support your campaign. And, and I'd like to ask you to come back between now and, and the election. Allison, thank you for that. And, and thank you for reaching out to me because I really do believe this is, of course, first and foremost, a Texas campaign for Texas Attorney General, but it's nationalized, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I mean, it, almost you can make that argument for most elections. I mean, Georgia, you know, two senators back in January, that was clearly a national election. Well, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of when the Texas Attorney General led 17 attorneys general to sue four other states for how they voted in the election. It's not just relegated to Texas. We need somebody strong in that position for the country. Well, absolutely my point. And but before I tell you how to reach me, I, I was compelled a couple of weeks ago to write a memo and I didn't want it to be long. So it was about three pages long. The national case to defeat Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. And it can be summarized by two sentences. Number one, Ken Paxton is Donald Trump's new conciliary. Uh, number two, Ken Paxton is a vexatious litigant who weekly sues the Biden administration, period. So, you know, if, if we want progress in this country, if we want some sort of consensus, then you have to remove Ken Paxton. The way to find me, Allison, is our website, which is jaworski4texas.com. And that's spelled out F-O-R. And of course, we have access to all our social media. Um, and I will tell you that my social media handles uh, Twitter is Jaworski 
for Texas, F-O-R, Jaworski for Texas. And actually that's T-X. So let's just say Jaworski, F-O-R-T-X, Jaworski for T-X. Uh, Facebook is Jaworski for Texas spelled out, T-E-X-A-S, as is Instagram. So, you know, we're on all the major social medias and I think Twitter is a fabulous tool and uh, we're pushing 56,000 followers, which is a good start. Awesome. Well, we look forward to supporting you in this campaign and I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Joe Jaworski. Thank you, Allison. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Suspect, which is an awesome podcast on the Wondery app. In October of 2008, residents of the Valley View apartment complex in Redmond, Washington, had a Halloween party. Dozens of people were there in costumes, 2008, right? Costumes, mingling, drinking, dancing. But before the night was over, one of them was murdered. The police had a suspect, but his story kept changing. But his DNA was at the crime scene. And when he finally came in for questioning, the detectives felt like they were a breath away from a confession. But that didn't happen. And so the police focused their attention then on another man, a man with a criminal record whose DNA was also found at the crime scene. And he just so happened to be the only black man at the party. Suspect is a new true crime miniseries about cutting edge forensic science and mislaid justice. It's about race and policing and ultimately the kinds of weighty decisions cops and prosecutors make every day. Decisions that, once made, change lives forever and are almost impossible to reverse. My recommendation is suspect if you love true crime and you're looking for an original podcast that takes an in-depth look at a multitude of different angles while remaining entertaining and informative. Follow Suspect on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe there or Amazon Music, or you can binge all nine episodes ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. And today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. They provide best, the best professional online therapy. And the counselors at BetterHelp are committed to helping you navigate life's challenges. BetterHelp can assess your needs and assign you to an experienced licensed therapist within 24 hours, so you can begin communicating almost immediately. You know I have PTS and anxiety. It's been a hurdle for me, but I've learned the importance of seeking help and support instead of trying to take it on myself and cope alone. And BetterHelp is perfectly convenient for me. Therapy is always available anytime from anywhere in the world. You can log on to your account and message your counselor. You'll receive timely, thoughtful responses, and you can also schedule weekly meetings via phone or video. It's more affordable than offline counseling, and financial aid is available. And changing counselors, by the way, is easy and free, which is important for that therapeutic match. And most places, you can't do that. You're stuck with your counselor, right? Not with BetterHelp. They know what's important. So you can visit BetterHelp's website and read some testimonials. Like this one by BetterHelp user CA, who says, Virginia is a very good listener and always supportive. She's easily accessible, and she always takes the time to check in with me outside of our weekly sessions. I highly recommend Virginia because of her experience, dedication, and caring demeanor. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for you, Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. I think we could all use some good news and some... Uh, fun photos today, Steve. (laughs) We need it so much. I need this so hard. I really do. (laughs) Yeah. So so anyone out there, if you've got good news, confessions, I kind of want to hear some confessions, (laughs) corrections, probably notice some errors today, misheard lyrics, shit your kids say, find the cat. Ooh, we've got one of those today. 
what the mutt or just about anything, let us know at dailybeanspod.com slash confessional or click the link that's right in the show notes. Um, first up, we have womp, womp, tired of Texas. Oh no. <laughs> this is a good one for you. <laughs> Being that you live in Texas rather. But, right. <laughs> to be September clear. 1st marked three months of zero cigarettes for my body. That nice. is amazing. Yay. Uh, congratulations. My partner was reading a book about habits, cues, and triggers as I was beginning cessation. And one of the things he kept telling me was to make a small tweak in how I define myself. Specifically, stop saying, I am not smoking anymore, but rather, I am not a smoker. Mm. Mm, yeah, genius. No, Last week that. was the first time I felt I could say and feel it to be true. That is damn good news. Really, really All good All my news. love and gratitude to the Leguminati and the Beans team for keeping me entertained when the anxiety and cravings kept in. This is incredible and it is so hard to train your brain to get out of a habit. It's it's one of the hardest things there is, I think. So kudos to Tired of Texas for being able to do that. And how lovely that, that this person has a partner that's there to support their efforts. Absolutely. Congratulations for that. Keep up the great work. I I did jump in so much because I just love that framing of I am not a smoker as opposed to I'm not smoking anymore because <laughs> I'm going to turn it back to organizing because that's what I do. But, you know, there's there's things that we do that are transactional, like smoking. I smoke or I don't smoke. Right. Or I vote or I don't vote. And there's things that we do that are part of who we are, that are part of our identity. Like I am not a smoker mm -hmm. or, or I am a smoker or I am a voter, right? And when we have these conversations that you're all going to be having in Virginia, I know I'm annoying. I'm a broken record. We always like to thank people for being a voter, right? Because that's so much more powerful than just a transaction. It's part of who you are. So I loved that framing and sorry for bringing it back to organizing when we're just having fun here, but <laughs> congratulations to Tired of Texas. And then we have one now from Anonymous, he, him. Beans, queens, I survived the storm. That is great news. After six to nine hours of howling wind and rain oh and house plus shaking gusts, the storm has gone and I am well. Wow. Um, I'm glad you made it through that. My place lost roof shingles and my front room ceiling collapsed. Oh Jeez. my God. Luckily, I saw it coming and got valuable stuff out of harm's way and contained the water to the front room. Probably no power for weeks, though. Mm. I walked six blocks to get cell phone reception. Many beans were lost in the storm. I'll send the picture soon. My brother is coming today and we are tarping the roof and taking me to Austin. Any Austin Beans fans, that's you, Mariah, yeah. can usually find me at Doc's Backyard. Right. It was eerie that this happened on the anniversary of Katrina, but mm. I am safe and I hope you all are too. P.S. I found a place with cell phone reception, so I'm still downloading my daily episodes. Great. <gasps> Oh my gosh, what a commitment. Can't stop, won't stop. What a commitment to the pod. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Some very dedicated listeners. A, a hurricane is not going to stop Anonymous from, from listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's great. Glad you made it through the storm. Glad you're still listening. I'll see you at Doc's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and last message is from Anonymous, she, her. 
Greetings, Beans Queens. Your show has become a part of my daily routine. I find it's as grounding as it is informative and entertaining. Thank you. I want to share some great news. Have you ever lost something important and just when you give up, you find it? Mm. My partner's grandmother gave him her engagement ring to give to me last summer. Oh my God. I lost it earlier this year. Oh, And believe me when I say we looked everywhere, I felt horrible. Oh, I feel horrible too. (laughs) Well, one day last week, I wore a pair of jeans I don't wear often and reached into the pocket. I was stunned. Wow. I swore. I teared up. I'm tearing up. (laughs) I found it. We were so relieved and happy. For the record, marriage isn't for us. The ring is a symbol of our commitment. Did grandma know? (laughs) (laughs) Now I just need to get it sized to fit so it never goes in a pocket ever again. Oh gosh, must have had a heart attack. For pod tax, I submit a pick for Find the Cat. Marco crossed the Rainbow Bridge in 2018. And I'll also include one of my favorites of him so that you can see what he looked like. Thank you so much for all you do. You all give me hope. And then there are two pictures, one of a very adorable cat. And you a very can see, sassy looking Marco. Uh, you can see Marco's little toe beans, which is so cute and so appropriate <laughs> for this. Toe beans. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is a picture of a room and there doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a cat in the room. I see it's, cat toys. I, I see, see some stuff for the cat cat to crawl on i see some i see like what looks like a stuffed mouse but mm-hmm. this is a cool setup if i was a cat this is where i'd want to be comfy chairs with some i think that's wicker uh, those are wicker chairs which you know a cat is going to absolutely adore um but i don't see a cat is my screen not bright enough so anyway uh yep uh marco is hiding in the little round cat house oh, this little hole there's a cat house that is so dark that's that is a cat cave back there i mean i don't know how we're expected to be able to find the cat in this photo this game is rigged i tell you listen anonymous just might be fucking with us I, <laughs> I think so. I, I still don't see a cat there but. could or maybe not yeah we need some forensic <laughs> uh amplification of, of this photo to find to find the cat i'll take her word for it or you know, kudos anonymous on, on. <laughs> You've stumped us. Straight, straining my eyes for a few <laughs> minutes. Before we go, we want to, we want to do a, a one, one final how we win thing, which is uh, talk about our reasons for hope. These are things, moments that we're holding on to that are, that are moving us forward uh, to the next action item that we have. Mm-hmm. For me, my reason of hope is that I've talked about this on the How We Win podcast before. Congress did something quite extraordinary last year, came together in a bipartisan fashion and passed um, $400 million in emergency pandemic assistance for older foster youth and people who have recently transitioned out of foster care. This time has been incredibly difficult for, for this already vulnerable group of people. The funding was for the states to distribute how they see fit. You can see where this is going most of the states have not distributed the funding yet and it runs out at the end of this month. So it looks as though there are some members of Congress who are willing to introduce legislation to extend the funding so that these young people who 
have applied for the assistance and haven't received it yet will actually not be penalized for a very slow rollout in their states that that you know won't make the deadline. So right. fingers crossed. If you um, regularly call your Congress member, please call them and talk to them about emergency pandemic assistance for foster youth. That is hopeful. And everyone should know that Mariah is a amazing champion for foster youth and works with the National Foster Youth. Uh, what's what's it called? The National Foster Youth Institute. Institute, right. National Foster Youth Institute. And so thank you, Mariah, for your incredible work on behalf of these kids. Oh, thanks for always shouting them out, Steve. Tell me about your reason for hope. Well, I'll, I'll be brief because uh, I think we're going to talk a lot more about this on our show Wednesday, and we hope that mm. you all will join us. But uh, one of my reasons for hope is the January 6th commission really ramping up their investigation. And we've been waiting for this mm. for a long time. Doesn't move fast enough for me, for most of us. Right. But um, the Republicans are, are really not happy about it. McCarthy's mm-hmm. been threatening the tech firms. They retaliate if they cooperate with, with the phone and social media records. The Republicans are trying to oust Cheney from her role. They want to be able to talk in secret and strategize like about what? About suppressing the truth of their involvement in this. You know, it's it's crazy. And of course, Jim Jordan's phone records. I think we probably talked about that a couple of days ago on the show. Jim Jordan was talking to Trump on the day that came out. So mm-hmm. there's been a, a lot of interesting things that are bringing me hope that we're going to get to the truth uh, sooner. And um, I get some a healthy dose of schadenfreude <laughs> watching these uh, GOP members squirming in their seats about mm-hmm. who the truth is going to come out. So that brings me some hope. All right. Me too. And thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today, yeah. uh, letting us crash the beans. And of course, we would love for you to hop over and subscribe to our show, Swing Left's How We Win. Yep. We do promise. This is a promise from Mariah and myself to you that you will be entertained, inspired, and will give you important actions that you can do each week to help save our democracy. So that's pretty important. (laughs) And we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at BluesBoySteve and at Mariah underscore Craven. Most important of all, please head over to SwingLeft.org and sign up to volunteer. That's what we want you to do. We win when we all get involved. And as I said, That's it for the guest hosting. Allison and Dana will be back next week. So I've been Steve Pearson. And I've been Mariah Craven. And And them's them's the the beans. beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. And the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.